Reading our Bibles regularly can be a challenge, but we're all on this journey together. We're praying that this podcast inspires you, helps you better understand God's Word, and builds your faith. This is Join the Journey with your host, Emma Daughter. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the midweek mark of the Watermark Health Takeover of the Join the Journey podcast. Our friend Emma is out, and we've taken over, and hopefully we're doing justice to the awesome ministry she's helped to lead here. Today, my name is Christy Shermack, the Executive Director of Watermark Health, and I have one of my awesome friends and one of our dear lead volunteers at Watermark Health, Rachel Butterfield, joining us. Rachel, say hello to everybody. Hi, everybody. Rachel, you know, I've known you for a long time, and I've never asked you this. Butterfield. Yes. Did grandparents own a field of butter? How did the—like, what happened here? Not that we're aware of, but, you know, (laughs) somewhere hundreds of years ago, probably, Uh since, you know, most names came from the occupation you did, so— Are you a fan of butter? I am. Okay. I do like butter. What's Mm -hmm. the best thing to put butter on? For sure, bread. Bread. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right answer. Right answer. You heard it here from a nurse, um, maybe in moderation. She might be add to that. You can treat yourself. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Rachel, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, where you've been serving at Watermark, how long you've been here, what you do for a living. Yeah. So I have been at Watermark for a little over four years now. Um, I started coming when I moved back from Virginia from college. I serve with Watermark Health, have been at the Skillman Clinic specifically for four years as well. Um, Jumped in pretty soon after I moved to Dallas. Um, I'm a nurse. I work in a medical ICU in Dallas and have been doing that for about four years as well. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Rachel, we've loved having you lead and serve with us over the years. You've been a big blessing to the ministry, and I'm excited for some of the rest of the church to get to hear from you today. And so today, we are in 2 Samuel 4. We're in the midst of all the chaos of the transition of Saul's kingship to David. We've seen a lot of infighting the last couple of days, Saul's former family and leadership kind of deteriorating. And then in this chapter, we watch specifically his son, Ishbosheth, be killed. And then there's this interesting little interaction that occurs where the people that killed him come to David excited with his head in their hand, which that sounds pretty pretty gross, um, and show up and they're like, hey, aren't you so glad, David? And David has a surprising answer for them. What does David say, Rachel? Yeah, he says in verse 9, as the Lord lives who has redeemed my life out of every adversity, when one told me, behold, Saul is dead and thought he was bringing good news, I seized him and killed him at Ziklag, which was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more when wicked men have killed a righteous man in his own house on his bed, shall I not now require his blood at your hand and destroy you from the earth? Yeah, so weird because <laughs> because surprising. I think it took him by surprise. Right, right. I mean, you would think if you've been told that you're going to be king from the time that you were a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. And you've lived all these years, walked, watched Saul do all these crazy things. He's finally dead. Now his son is dead, and it's more and more clear that you are going to become king. You think you'd be like, awesome, thanks, guys. I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, de- uh, donate this wing of my castle to you and put your name thanks on it. Thanks for making it. it a little bit easier for me. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think David's response was different? What was going on there that he was not thrilled about it? Yeah, I think, like you said, he's known he's going to be king since he was a little boy out in the field. And this whole time we've seen him just trust the Lord's timing and the Lord's provision in his journey, which has been very long and over mm-hmm. a couple of decades now at this point. Right. Um, and so it's just very different because he, why would he stop trusting the Lord at this point when he's trusted the Lord to make him mm-hmm. king? Mm-hmm. And so these people have stepped in 
in a sense, to try to make him a better king or a king faster. And he's like, I don't need that, guys. Like, I've trusted the Lord, and the Mm -hmm. Lord's plan is being Mm -hmm. fulfilled. And so it frustrated him, clearly, by his response. And I don't think they were expecting that. Yeah, yeah. David, um, you know, he certainly made his own mistakes, and we'll see Mm -hmm. that throughout his story and his life. But you know, he was called a man after God's own heart and did things differently. And so I think that's where we want to camp out for the rest of our time together is just what did David do differently? How does that look similar to what Christ did differently while he was here on earth? And then how as we as believers, can we do things differently? And so mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, Rachel, I <laughs> intentionally invited you here because I think you have especially modeled this of in a time of chaos and where it'd be really easy to position for yourself or your own well-being or to fight people on issues. You've modeled patience and you've modeled a willingness to be a servant in the midst of circumstances that are really, really hard. And so I'm referring to the fact that you were a COVID ICU nurse for how many years? Um, About two and a half, probably. Two and a half years in the thick of it, really messy situations, watching families lose loved ones. And then in the midst of that, people yelling at you, telling you how to do your job differently, arguing with you over politics. And so I'd love for you to just share with us, how did you walk yourself through that, where you did it differently, you didn't give up? You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't start arguing with people. What sustained you and allowed you to go through that the way you did? Yeah, I definitely think the only way I walked through the last several years of being a nurse in a time when the entire world flipped upside down Mm -hmm. is because of my relationship with Jesus. I can sit here confidently and say that I would have not survived it well. I'm still an intact human. Right. (laughs) can see the world and not be completely bitter without the Lord. Um, and so, I mean, easy, not easy, simple, basic things mm-hmm. that can be difficult when life is busy and you're exhausted and it is chaos and it feels much easier to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix, right. scroll on your phone on Instagram. Um but spending time with the Lord, reading His Bible, staying in community, and that has uh-huh. looked different over the last couple of years as we have just navigated, hey, we can meet in person or we can't. And staying in contact with people who um, do love the Lord as well and can encourage me when I lose focus mm-hmm. and I can't remember mm-hmm. um, those things. Spending time in prayer and journaling. One of the things that really got me through the last couple of years was serving at Watermark Health, Mm. um, genuinely. And I don't just say that because we're taking over, (laughs) I promise. Um, It's a good shout out though, but um, getting to serve in a healthcare capacity as a nurse with people who also love the Lord has been one of the things that I can confidently say is one of the only reasons I am still a nurse doing things that I know the Lord's called me to, but doing it in a way that I know the Lord wants me to do it Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. instead of doing it the way that the world has been telling us for years to yeah. just do it. And yeah. so Well, praise God for that. What are what are some specific verses that you went to during that time to kind of keep you focused on the big picture and what God would have rather than what the world would tell you to do? Yeah. Psalm 27, 13 through 14 was a verse that a friend from college actually shared with me probably six months into the pandemic, um, texted me and just said, Hey, I think this verse would be a real encouragement for you, just knowing what you're walking through. And so it says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of God in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Um, And this verse became a lifeline for me because just having to remind myself that the goodness of the Lord is present, even when the world feels very dark and evil feels like it's winning, um, which not just in healthcare, but we've seen in the world in the last three years even as well. But like the goodness of the Lord is still there and it is still among his people and his church because I can sometimes tend to say, 
Lord, I'm ready for you to come back today. Right. <laughs> like, right. just call it, like, we're done. Call it quits and take us all home because that sounds so much better. But Maybe the Lord's we'll not move done. we'll in a van up in the woods somewhere. Yeah. That's, that's usually my, like, yeah. eject yeah, button. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just escape and let's go. Right. But clearly the Lord is not done here on earth, which means he's not done with us either. Yeah. Um, and so just a reminder of, like, hey, even in the land of the living that feels so dark and so evil and that we can't always see the Lord moving. He mm-hmm. is still moving um, and we can still be strong in mm-hmm. him. And so mm-hmm. that was one of them. And That's then really good. another one is Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And I won't read it all, but just when Paul is talking about how the Lord's grace is sufficient for him in his weakness, mm-hmm. having to remind myself over and over again, I could not operate out of my entire life, but especially the last three years out of my own strength, it had to come from the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so just reminding myself of that, because when I try to do it out of my own strength, I immediately fail. Yeah, that's good, Rachel. So I think today we have an example of David living countercultural to what the world would maybe expect of him in his circumstances. We have an amazing example of Jesus living countercultural amidst his circumstances when he was spit on, reviled, accused, mocked, beaten. He didn't retaliate. He didn't argue with them. He knew what the bigger picture plan was, and he lived according to that. And then we as believers get to do the same. And Rachel, you've just been such an example of that for me and for many others and any of the other healthcare workers out there that have found ways to trudge through the last few years want to encourage you all and thank you all for what you've done and um, would encourage anyone listening, what are some things that the Lord today would have you do counterculturally, um, which probably looks a lot like having patience when the world would tell you you don't need to have patience, being gracious when the world would tell you it's okay to argue, being slow to speak, being kind, being generous, serving others. And so we'll leave you with that question as we round out today's Watermark Health Takeover of Join the Journey. And as always, we are so glad to be on this journey reading and applying the Bible together. The Join the Journey podcast is produced by Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas. You can learn more about Watermark by connecting with us on social media. Just search Watermark Church, all one word. And to read along with us, visit jointhejourney.com. And thank you guys for listening.